the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, we talk about issues of the day and talk about them from a Christian perspective. Maybe you're aware that there has been a kidnapping in Haiti, and it was uh, it's going on now. We don't know all the details. It actually happened six days ago or a few days ago. I think a little longer than six days uh, Alex uh, Dorsainville, I think is how you say her, her name, and her daughter were kidnapped from a ministry where she works in Haiti, a ministry that was started by her husband who grew up in Haiti, and information about their capture and whereabouts is unclear. And the aid, the, um, aid group works with authorities and partners in the United States uh, for a lot of things. We'll talk about this here just for a second, but I thought, you know, one of the things for us as believers to do is to be aware of how people who are part of the church are faring elsewhere in the world. You know, where we are to be aware of our brothers and sisters, just like we would be of our family members anywhere else in the world who might be suffering, who might be dealing with things. And and it's something that I think we get, you know, we're, we're so busy and there are so many things, obviously, we can care for. I understand that. But this is a pretty big story. And what's happening in Haiti, even in the bigger sense of things is very significant. I don't know if you realize it, but the over the last few years, since their president was assassinated a few years ago, Haiti has become a country that is overrun by gangs. And it is so bad. I know that many of you have been there. You've been there on, on mission trips. You've been there on earthquake relief. You've been there for different types of mission work and other things. There have been so many things going on there. Uh, it's getting worse and worse. So when missionaries go and they say, you know what, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to go for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go and live there uh, like this family did and start a ministry. You know, it's a ex- incredible call of God, and we need to keep their, them in prayers. And uh, so this is what's been going on. Tonight, there. the fate of 31-year-old nurse Alex Dorsonville and her young daughter named Haven still unknown. The two reportedly abducted in Haiti. The State Department says it is in regular contact with local authorities. We'll continue to work with them and our U.S. government interagency partners. Obviously, the safety and security of uh, American citizens overseas is our highest priority. Officials would not, however, release any more details of their ongoing investigation. Dorsonville was in Port-au-Prince working for the nonprofit El Roy, founded by her Haitian-born husband, Sandro. My name is Alex. I'm a nurse from New Hampshire, but now I live in Haiti. In a video posted on the organization's website, Dorsonville details the work she had been doing with children at El Roy's school. Sandro invited me to come to the school to do some nursing for some of the kids. He said that was a big need that they had. El Roy says Alex and her young daughter were abducted from the aid organization's campus on Thursday. 
The same day, the U.S. State Department issued its highest level travel advisory for Haiti. Amid deteriorating conditions in the island nation since the assassination of Haiti's president in 2021. The United Nations noting at least 395 kidnappings reported during the first quarter of this year alone. Warning of an increase in the targeting of teachers, students, parents, healthcare workers and civil servants. So as you can hear, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough there. So uh, they're kidnapped. I want to pray for them. And I also thought, you know, the name of the ministry is El Roy. Elroy Haiti, El, uh, and the the name means seen by God, which I think is a fantastic name for for any ministry, but for a ministry like this, you know, there are lots of people who are in Haiti or in other countries where there is tremendous suffering, and one of the questions people ask spiritually is, where is God? You know, what has God done? I used to work with Sudanese refugees, people who fled Sudan after their civil war, and their stories were just horrific, the personal stories that they would tell. I met with a man one time who he walked a thousand miles. He literally walked a thousand miles. I mean, think about how long that is. You ever look down at your phone and how much you've walked around during the day? If you've got a job like me where you sit in traffic and then sit in a chair most of the day, that can be a very low number. And now imagine a thousand miles he walked. And as he's telling me this story, he watched his parents get murdered. He fled the violence. He was a kid. He walked a thousand miles. And the whole time he was telling me this, I was staring at his bare feet. I was in his apartment and I'm just looking at his feet going, those feet, they went a thousand miles. Well, there are people all over the world who are suffering. And one of the things people ask is, where is God? Has God forgotten about me? Has God left me somewhere? Has God you know, is, am I important to God? How does this work? And, you know, I think that the idea of Elroy comes from Genesis uh, chapter 16, and where uh, Hagar, I think, is, um, says this, and she says, you are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me, and that is the name of God, she says, Elroy, the God who sees me. That's the God that we serve. He's the God that sees you. And that message is so powerful when it can be brought to anybody who's suffering, because so much we we feel alone. And what's happened with this family is the uh, man who started this ministry, his name is Sandro. He grew up there, and he grew up in the midst of a very violent area in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And he had a single mom. And there was a fight every day just to provide for food and housing and to go to school and get educated. You know, there was an understanding that the only way out of this is to have education. And, you know, whenever we do our ministry things here, we talk about the conditions that so many people are in where one of the things they do is they eat, you know, dirt cookies, right? You you literally eat dirt just to keep the hunger pangs away. And they put them in cookie shape, so sometimes the kids will eat them and other stuff. But that's how poor we're talking about. And he grew up in that, and he worked really hard, though, to get out of that. And he eventually, he knew that he needed a schooling option. And so that meant that uh, the public school where he was was known for its gang violence, and it was very dangerous. But he made it there for a while, and he credits God with helping him through that and making him stronger. The idea that God sees me here, God is my friend. And in the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of all of this danger, uh, I'm going to make it through. 
But then when he got a little bit older, he had taught himself English and also Spanish, and he did it through a broken cassette radio. Like he had some kind of, uh, you know, machine probably left by somebody and a tape, and he learned that. And uh, because of that, because he learned English and, and Spanish, he got jobs translating for people. And he eventually got a job translating for an adoption agency. And one of the couples that he worked with was in a small town that had a boarding school for international students. And he finished his education there at a place called Luster Christian High School. And you know what? It He earned his diploma, graduated. He ended up coming to the States to go to Liberty University, graduated. He's a young man. He graduated just in 2018. And he got a degree in developmental psychology and biblical counseling, and he was called to go back to his home in Haiti and start a school. You know, he, he understands more than anybody. And he married a nurse from New Hampshire while he was in the States, and she's called to go to Haiti, and they have a daughter, and that's what happened. And so they moved to Haiti, and they've had this great ministry, Elroy uh, Haiti is what it's called. And we want to pray for them and have them on our mind because this is a terrible thing. We prayed last year for some other another mission group. I think they were there on a part-time basis who all got kidnapped. They they ultimately got released. I think most or all of them got released. I think they paid a ransom, but it was a long time and it was brutal. And uh, we just don't know what happens here, what's going to happen. If you go to the website, El Roy, I went there and, you know, they're – they want to keep everything on the down low, right? They want to be careful. There's negotiations going on with the State Department if they actually know who the kidnappers are. Probably the kidnappers are wanting some sort of uh, ransom, uh, but we don't really know. And they're asking us to pray, so I thought we ought to pray. Uh, you know, there is a promise in First Peter 5 that says God sees our suffering and First Peter 5.10 says, uh, In his kindness, God calls us to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after we have suffered for a little while, he will restore support and strengthen us, and he will place us on a firm foundation. Most of us uh, aren't going to go through the suffering that they're going through right there, but we're going to go through whatever God has called us to. And so it has been, uh, it's been about two weeks, actually, since the kidnapping happened. Uh, and it's pretty rough. So they're asking, don't contact the family or other stuff, but to keep praying. So I thought, you know, would you take a minute? Let's uh, let's pray just for them. God, we, we bring uh, Alex and her daughter to, to prayer. We pray, Lord, that they would be released. We pray that they would not be harmed during this period of time, more than just what the experience is bringing them. We pray, Lord, for their wisdom. We pray for everybody who's working on this case that uh, this mother and her daughter would be freed. And we pray for their safety. We pray for Sandro, who has started this ministry, who's got to be going through tremendous suffering himself, missing his daughter and his wife. We pray for his strength and for his wisdom and whatever role he's playing here. And we pray for the Elroy ministry and everybody who is a part of that, that through this, their faith would be strengthened. And we pray for the kidnappers, that wherever they are, Lord, and whatever their issues are, that maybe you would use this as a time for them to come to their senses, to release her, to even come to you if they have that knowledge. We pray, Lord, for comfort for the awareness of your presence, that they would know that you see them, 
just as the ministry says. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's important for us, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world, that we take that time to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering. There are many who are suffering in Haiti. And, you know, when you take a look at what's happening, here's some more of a a news report of what's currently going on in Haiti. The United Nations says gangs now control 80 percent of Haiti's cities. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the cities are controlled by by gangs. That's most of the country. That is how far this uh, country has fallen just in the last few years. The United Nations says gangs now control 80 percent of Haiti's cities. And dozens of displaced Haitians camp outside the U.S. Embassy. One saying they killed people in our yard. Kenya has agreed to lead a U.N.-backed multinational force into Haiti after Security Council approval. And the U.S. has pledged support, though it is still unclear what that would look like. Yeah, I have no idea what we're actually going to do. But that's something that they think has to happen with 80 percent of the country being controlled by gangs that that we're going to have to send in the military to free people there. So there's a lot to pray for here, a lot uh, going on. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. You can call and join the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm inspired by the the name of this ministry. I hadn't heard of it until uh, I read about the kidnapping story. Um, but the idea that God sees us is such a powerful thing. And have you been in a place in your life, probably you haven't been kidnapped or threatened in this way, although maybe some of you have, but you've been in a place or you know somebody who's been in a place where they were very alone, where they suffered greatly, maybe because of abuse or maybe hunger or poverty or or it can be all kinds of different things where you felt very alone. You felt like, you know what, nobody understands what I'm going through. In fact, I think that's something common, wouldn't you say, with a lot of us that we're whatever we're going through, sometimes we feel like no one else has ever gone through this before. And the truth is, is that everybody's gone, you know, nothing is really new under the sun. Other people have gone through it. Once in a while, people go through things that are, it seems like it's new. When I would counsel people who I know would come in and have a terrible story, you know, I would try to say, I always would say, hey, you know what, it's all right to talk about it, and don't be embarrassed because you're not the first. I've probably heard it before, and, you know, whatever you've done or whatever has been done to you, whatever kinds of things, we can talk about it. We've got a Savior who died for us. We have grace. We have, you know, we have forgiveness that covers up everything that we want to bring to the Lord, and we have hope in Jesus Christ, and I could put that out there, and it would usually relieve people's tensions. And most of the time they would tell me things that I had indeed heard before. Once you've been you know, in ministry for a long time, or maybe just when you get older, you hear the stories. But once in a while, you hear people say, start to share what's going on with them, and it's stuff that you have not heard, right? And stuff that I had some things shared with me before that after giving the whole speech about, oh, I've heard it all before. Uh, turns out I haven't. Turns out sometimes people go through things you know, that certainly other people have heard from her, you know, have have heard about or have seen. Certainly other people have gone through it, but I'd never heard of it. And I'll tell you what, there's some there's some rough stuff that people have gone through out there. Some of you have who are in the military who are who have experienced battle and you have experienced what that's like. It's it's impactful. I think some of the hardest stories I heard were from some soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan over the last few years. 
and the descriptions of what happens. It's not like the movies, right? It's in its real life. I know some of you have gone through that. And some people have gone through tremendous abuse in their, their marriages or as children, you know, from your parents, from the people who are supposed to love you the most. And, uh, you know, I know that it's rough. Let me encourage you, though, that God is always with you. You're always going to have questions, right? But this is a God who sees you. This is a God who is infinite. And when we say infinite, if you wonder why he's got time for you, if you wonder why he's got time for the least of these, why does God spend time with, you know, people who we would never hear about, who maybe haven't done something that is worldly significant in one way or another? It's because God being infinite, he has the infinite amount of time for anything that you're going through. He has an infinite amount of time to, uh, for all of your stuff. He has got an infinite amount of time for your praises. He's got an infinite amount of time for your prayer requests, the the small ones and the good ones. He's got time to hear your prayers. You know, God, give us safe travels. God, thank you for this food that we are about to eat. He's also got time for, God, I've got this sickness. I've got cancer. I've got some diagnosis, and I don't know what to do. He's got time for all of that. He's got time for the things that are major and the time for the things that are small. And he's got all of that for you. See, being infinite means that your whole life, he's got time to look at you. And he's got time to be there with you. I don't know if you think of it that way, because I I think that a lot of us feel like somehow we're not significant to the Lord because we're, you know, maybe we've been away from the Lord, or maybe we just haven't developed a lot in our faith, or maybe we have just, you know, a lot that we need forgiveness for. But all of us are significant to the Lord. Jesus died for for you, and he died knowing everything there is to know about you. He died all the stuff that you wish God didn't know about, all the stuff that you want to pray about because you're afraid to talk to God about it. Jesus died for that. He already knows it. That should give us some comfort in bringing our our requests to the Lord because he already knows. He's, He's that perfect father. I know often what my kids are going through. And before they even ask me, sometimes I ask them, but I, I always hope that they want to ask me, you know, and I try to anticipate that. I know Christy tries to anticipate that with the kids because we've been there. Now they go through things that are new, you know, new to us, but we know that they're going through things. God's like that. The perfect parent. You may not have experienced that with your parents, you know, but God is that perfect parent who's got enough time for you. And he's the God who sees you. He's the God who sees you, who knows everything about you. I think that's a, that's a powerful thing. That is such an amazing, amazing thing. Hagar says in Genesis 16, You are the God who sees me, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Uh, you've, have you seen the God who sees you? Have you seen that God? Do you recognize that our faith is not something that's just done for religious purposes so that people can have a better life or that people can live better. That's one of the biggest, I think, problems we have sometimes in in the church is that the message of Jesus somehow gets delivered in a way, not on purpose, but delivered in a way that says, hey, if you're not happy, then Jesus is your solution, right? That Jesus is there for people who are poor, or Jesus is there for people who are struggling. But if you're not struggling, or you're not poor, you're doing okay, you don't need Jesus. That's a lot of the problem that people have with Jesus. Maybe that's you, and you're thinking, you know what, I'm okay. 
I'm not suffering. My marriage is good. I got a car. I'm, I'm affording the gas. I'm able to do things here and there. And, you know, I'm thinking, I don't need Jesus, but it's great that that church is down the street. I've heard this from a lot of people. I'm really glad that church is there to help the poor people or help the people who are hurting or struggling in this neighborhood. But I don't need Jesus because I'm doing fine. See, the problem with that is that we've missed the point of, of Jesus. We've missed the point of our faith. The point of our faith is that uh, the world is going to hell that everything that we see, the tragedies and the difficulties are the result of sin, that everything that sin touches dies. Everything that sin touches causes destruction and ultimately death. So if you have some kind of charmed life where just everything works well for you, you know, whatever you want to say, you're born on third base, you you win the billion-dollar lottery prize tonight, which probably will ruin your life, by the way, um, you, you just have all the stuff working for you, you're still going to die one day. And I hate to bring you that bad news, but it's a stat. It's one out of one person dies. And you're going to go somewhere for eternity. Most people know that. Most people, or people try to not deny that, but I think that most of us in our heart of hearts, we think there's something else. We think that there's something beyond here. Well, our faith says there is something beyond here. And the best part about it is you get to be in perfection, living in perfect health as royalty, as children of the King of Kings, as children of God. And you get that by acknowledging your sin that Jesus Christ paid for it, that he lived the perfect life that you can't live. Like whatever you say about yourself, you're not perfect. Even if you think you're perfect, you know, ask your spouse and uh, she'll tell you. All right. And if you're not married, you know, ask your friend why you're not married. They'll tell you why. That's probably the thing, right? Is, Is we've all got our stuff. Jesus died for that. The spiritual angst that you have that you try to work out through gurus or through the the ever-growing self-help section on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble or wherever you go get books, uh, the reason for that is because we have a sense that there's meaning beyond just our life. That meaning is in Christ. That meaning is in the living God who wants you to come to him, who wants you to acknowledge salvation is through Christ alone, who wants you to acknowledge this, but who also wants you to know that the reason for that is because he wants to be with you forever that he sees every part of your life, he loves you, there is grace for your life, and there is an eternal purpose. And you're either going to spend it with God or without. That is the choice. And this is much more beyond, more than just, I need a happy life or I need to get through my struggles. This is why we call it salvation. This is why it is so critically important that one day, even though you die, you will live. If you want to know more about that, you can send me an email, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. If you got questions about Jesus, we'd love to answer those questions. And uh, let's keep praying for our um, our brothers and sisters in Haiti, and particularly uh, Alex and her daughter who were kidnapped, and uh, that they would be released unharmed. Uh, that's what we're praying for. The last group of missionaries we prayed for, uh, they shared Christ with their captors. And uh, I don't know that any of them got saved, but, it, but um, you know, it's amazing that you go through that. And you still realize God has me even here for a reason. So hopefully there'll be a good ending to all of that. All right, when we come back, uh, L.A. City is on strike. We'll talk about whether or not you can get your garbage picked up here in just a minute. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
To that breaking news this morning, a strike involving thousands of L.A. City workers threatening to upend some services across the city today. It's all part of a one-day strike calling out city negotiators for what they say are alleged unfair labor practices. The uh, Los Angeles workers are on strike, and, you know, I think these things are coming. There's so many strikes going on, particularly in L.A., but I think we're going to see more elsewhere. Are you on strike? Uh, are you getting the uh, day off today because of the strike? It's a 24-hour strike. And, you know, the reason for that is because the services that are provided by people striking are really critical to the city functioning. Here's some of those services. People picketing. These are L.A. city workers. We're talking sanitation workers, the people who drive the trash trucks, engineers, mechanics, gardeners, custodians, lifeguards, airport shuttle bus drivers, and other city employees. They accuse the city of unfair labor practices and of failing to bargain in good faith. This is a 24-hour strike, but they definitely want to send a message. That is, uh, you know, typical uh, kinds of things that are said in a strike. Sometimes that's correct. Uh, Obviously, the city doesn't agree, but they are meeting together. You know, the 24-hour strike is because of who it is, you know, city workers. Your trash isn't going to, if you're in L.A., your trash isn't going to get picked up on the right day. It's going to move ahead, you know, one day, I guess, kind of like when there's a holiday, but it's not getting picked up today. And uh, so be aware of that. I had my college roommate. He had a plan to take over the world. He sat down with me one time and uh, he said, I've got a plan. I'm going to rule the world. And I said, oh, yeah, how are you going to do that? And, you know, he said, I am going to one day own all of the world's sanitation services, all of it. He says, I want to run and buy and operate all the trash companies, all the recycling companies, all the sanitation services. He said, I figure if I own all of that, then I can just threaten to not pick up your trash if you don't do what I want and I will rule the world. And he was telling a joke. You know, he wasn't really uh, psychotic out there doing that, mostly, I think. And uh, you know what? I thought we laughed about that. But then I thought, you know what? There's an awful lot of power when you refuse to pick up trash, right? There's an awful lot of power that these workers have in our our city. Um, You know, should they decide that this strike should go on longer? I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty significant. Uh, what's going on. I think we're going to see more of this because, you know, the economy and what's happened over the last few years, I don't know that we really understand how the COVID's going to impact our economy, you know, now, even for the next few years, shutting down the whole world economy for that period of time. What in the world is that going to do? Right. No one's seen anything like that. Even during wartime, you know, the big part of the economy shuts down, but another part revs up. Right. So there's there's a lot of change that happened, say, when we got into World War II, uh, and the world is affected by that. But everybody stay home and don't go to work and do this for several weeks, sometimes months. Sometimes we destroyed entire industries, right? That's going to have an effect. And in the meantime, by the way, we're going to spend trillions of dollars on aid, on on loans to help you keep your business going, if that's possible, on giving everybody cash, which everybody, most people got a lot of money from the government or from other taxpayers, meaning yourself, and you're paying it back now in the inflation, by the way. You know, that's that's why inflation has gone up, most people think. I'm one of those people who thinks that that's why, uh, you know, a year ago was 9% inflation. We're celebrating that we only have 3% inflation right now. Uh, but that's still too high. You know, everything is still going up. It's not going up as crazy as it was a year ago. Uh, But this is a pretty big deal. If you're wondering, here's uh, some other information about the strike. Trash pickup 
is delayed at least one day. The city's public swimming pools will be closed. So will L.A. City animal shelters, traffic services like parking enforcement. Probably not going to happen today. Also, the city's 311... Wait, parking is not going to happen today? Does that mean you can just park wherever you want and not get a ticket? Maybe it's... <laughs> don't, don't risk it, you know, out there. But uh, I think that's interesting. I used to know when uh, the there was one person where I lived who was who was the the parking meter person and I knew when that person's day off was it was on a Wednesday and I knew that no one's checking the parking meters on Wednesday am I stealing it's an ethical question if I know that no one's checking my meter and I don't put money in it because I know they're not coming that day am I stealing that time is it still you know it it probably is right this is one of those those except I know that no one's checking and, uh, you know, anyway, that's uh, that's not happening today, but you got to be careful. Parking enforcement, probably not going to happen today. Also, the city's 311 call center will be open, but wait times could be very long. There also could be impacts at LAX because the shuttle bus drivers there are part of the strike. What is not affected by the strike? Let's go over that list. Police, fire, paramedic services, they will be operating normally. City summer camps and daycare will continue as normal, and libraries will be open. Also, facilities for the homeless will be open today, too. There are a lot of things that are affected. I think that we're going to see more and more strikes throughout the Southland, really throughout the country, but a lot here, and maybe your company is facing that. And I do think a lot of it is because we have had so much inflation that everybody's contract that might have been negotiated with a while ago is nowhere near what people thought it would be. Nobody thought there'd be 9% inflation. Nobody thought that the cost of living would go up so much over the last uh, couple of years, but it has. And there are warning signs. I asked a couple of weeks ago, do you feel like the economy is good or bad? Because there's some really good signs in the economy. Unemployment is down. Uh, you know, inflation is still high, but it's not as bad as it was. I think it's going to get maybe a little worse because the gas prices have gone up a lot in the last couple of weeks. Have you noticed that? Um, and President Biden uh, canceled his refilling of the national uh, strategic oil reserves. He was going to refill it because he borrowed from it uh, in order to bring gas prices down. I don't know if that worked or not, but uh, the gas prices did come down. Remember, we were paying, what, seven bucks a gallon? I paid at least seven something one time because I pulled into the wrong station. But everybody, even Costco, was over six a year ago. I think it's going back. Just to be just to be ready for that. And there are some other signs that things are, are rough out there. For the first time in history, credit card debt for Americans has hit one trillion dollars, to be exact, one trillion and three billion dollars. That's according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That big number made public as consumers brace for yet another potential rate hike as policymakers try to keep inflation in check. That's a huge number. That's not the national debt. That's the personal credit card debt that Americans have. Now, I've been there, and I've been in a terrible place with credit cards, really bad. And where I think it took years off my life. Are you there now? Can I just beg you? Once in a while, I, I say, you know what? Do whatever you can do to get out of debt. Do whatever you can do to pay off those credit cards, even if you're feeling like, it's all right, I got this balance going and I'm making the payments every month. It's getting worse and worse and worse, and it eventually hits you. That's what happened to me. I didn't owe that much. I owed a few thousand dollars. It wasn't that much until my student loans came due, 
I'd put them off as long as possible, and uh, they were in forbearance, and I didn't have any president claiming he's going to pay for them. He's not going to pay for yours, by the way, ever. That's not going to happen uh, for most people, by the way. It's not. Uh, so don't count on that. You got to pay your bills. Just do it. Uh, but my, my loans came due, and I had huge student loans. And uh, then I drove a car, a car that was such a huge lemon. And it started to break down all the time. It was a relatively new car, but uh, 10 seconds after the warranty expired, and actually I got good use out of the warranty. I even bought an extended warranty on that car, and it paid for itself many times over. So let me tell you how bad this car was. It was so bad. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. Number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation or just join in my stream of consciousness here. But my car was such a big lemon that on hot days, day like today, day like we've been experiencing the last couple of weeks, glue would actually come out of the rear window. And this glue would ooze down the side of the car on both sides. And I called the manufacturer. And I said, uh, hey, there's all this of all the other things. There's a massive list of things going wrong in my car. But the glue coming out the back window bothers me. Is my window going to just fly out of the car one day while I'm driving? And this was their answer. I'm not kidding. They said, no, too much glue was put in there. And as soon as the right amount of glue is in there, it will stop oozing out of the back of the car. And I said, how does the glue know when to stop coming out of the car? How does the glue understand when the right amount is in there? And they didn't really have an answer for me. And uh, I decided I'm never going to drive behind those vehicles because all of them, the glue, I'd go to, the, go to Costco and go in the parking lot and every, every vehicle, it was, it was a Plymouth Neon, okay, Dodge Neon, Plymouth Neon. Uh, so some people are smirking at me because they, oh, that car, yeah. Let me tell you what, crazy, that car. Every one of them had glue coming out of the side. One time I had the, the car was in the shop so often I was just kind of used to it. And uh, one time I was going to pick it up and uh, on my way there, they called me and they said, well, we've had a problem. And I thought, I hope it fell off the lift. I hope that you somehow destroyed my entire vehicle. I really was hoping that. And uh, they said, well, we noticed there's a paint bubble on the, uh, on the, on the trunk. And uh, that came off while we were given it the uh, car wash, you know, these places, I don't think they do this anymore, but they used to give you a car wash, right? And they're spraying the car and the paint came off and they said, yeah, the bubble, uh, the paint bubble came off. And when that happens, we just do a little test of the paint. We take a, uh, a piece of duct tape and we attach it to the car and uh, then we pull it off. And if it brings the paint right off, well, then we know that it's defective paint. And then he went on to describe defective paint. And he said, we put, uh, we did the duct tape test on every panel of your car. Turns out the paint is defective on every panel except the hood. And now I'm picturing my car with all these stripes on it because of the duct tape that they've, they've <laughs> ripped off every panel of the car. And uh, even the paint was defective on that car. Uh, that's, that's how crazy it was. The point of all of that is that I had so many expenses in that car that the small bit of debt that I had and then my student loans hitting, it snowballed. And I was in a heap of trouble. And I was in a heap of trouble because I had just the smallest, I had, I had enough debt that I was able to manage, but as soon as I had a crisis and a bad car, I couldn't manage it anymore. And it was rough for a long time. All that is to say, let me encourage you, if you have any credit card debt at all, I don't care if it's 20 bucks or if it's $200,000, wherever you are in between, do something to pay it off. 
You got any uh, advice for people on how to do that? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I got to take a break. Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I had a birthday on Sunday. Took me six and a half hours on Friday to drive to San Diego. Six and a half hours. We had a couple of short stops there, you know, bathroom break, that kind of thing. Six and a half. I could have gone to Phoenix. Uh, Three hours to get back. Not too bad. That was a long drive. A long drive. And, uh, you know, whenever you have birthdays now, it's changed. And you have all this free stuff. In the email, have you seen that? I have a personal email address that's just spam infested, right? I can hardly check it. There's just so much stuff in there. But I, there's a lot of birthday messages in there. Have you had a birthday recently? And there, there's hundreds of them. And there's a lot of freebies, right? You, have you had one that really was great? I need to know about it so I can find it before it expires. If, for example, I've got a Baskin Robbins one, right? That's, that's pretty amazing. I get a free four-ounce scoop. What size is that? Is that a regular scoop or is that like a kid's scoop, the four ounce? It's a kid's scoop. That's the kid's scoop, Wilbert? Oh, see, that's, I don't want the kid's scoop. I want the, I want the, the adult. If you're going to give me something, give me the, the big one. Anyway, it expires on the 16th, so I have, a, I have a week to do it. But some of these, you know, some of them give you like for a month, and some of them it's really narrow, right? It's like for the day. You know, you can get your free scoop of ice cream on your birthday between 2.05 and 2.16 on your birthday. You have to show up Jose during that time. said you can go to K1 Speed and get a free go-kart ride. Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. That, now, that's worth something, right? Now, do I have to do it on my birthday? Did I miss it? A week within. A week within. Oh, maybe I'm going there this afternoon. What am I, so that's the go-kart place where you really get to drive. looks like a Formula One. It's not, right? But it's yeah. a cool-looking go-kart. Yeah, so it's like, you know, just do a couple laps, Scott. It's your birthday. Oh, yeah. I think I think I might do that. I think that's pretty good. I got excited. I got one uh, from Delta Airlines. You know, maybe I got a free trip or something or maybe just some miles. And, no, I just got some vacation suggestions. That's what they gave me. <laughs> like, not even 10 miles. You can't give me just something that's, like, worthless but uh, an acknowledgement. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a tough business, the airline business uh, these days. And, uh, so I did my Starbucks one cause they give you that one. And I didn't take it for myself because I only order coffee and the coffee is the cheapest thing on the menu. It's gone up a lot. Um, so I did get Christy. We're in the car coming back on my birthday and I got her a venti, whatever the most expensive possible thing. Cause they give you a free, whatever. That's pretty good over there. The coffee shop I've been going to, did I say this? I think I did, that speaking of inflation and debt and all of this stuff, one coffee shop that I've been going to in the morning, and it's uh, you know it's not a big corporate one, but I understand why they're doing it, but the coffee, uh, the cup, this is the first thing I noticed. They no longer had the right size. It went from 16 ounces to 12 ounces, the regular drip coffee, so 25% decrease, and the price went up by $2.50. That cup of coffee is $5. That's amazing. It's a good cup of coffee, I would have to say, but it's not that good. And uh, so that's uh, that's inflation for you folks uh, right there. I wonder if I have a free coffee from them. I'll have to look that up. Uh, there's there's so many. Well, let's see. I, a free gift from Hulu. I don't even subscribe to Hulu. 
you know, oh, they're going to give me a free month trial. All right, if so if I get a free month trial of Hulu, is there anything worth watching on that? I, I haven't used Hulu in a while. <laughs> is there anything worth watching? Do people watch network television anymore? I, I don't know. I don't I, think so. You know, like and you know, the sitcoms, is there anything I don't think they do. I think they, they mostly stream. Some of you you probably are doing that. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. The lottery is a, a billion and a half tonight. Are you buying a lottery ticket? What do you plan to do with it? If you win the big prize, what do you plan to win with your big prize? Any idea? It's uh, $1.5 billion. Hopefully that will be enough to pay off your credit card. You know, hopefully if you get that, that would be the first thing I would say. The first thing is give it to the Lord, you know, figure out how to do that. You probably don't want to give, you know, uh, several hundred million dollars to your church all of a sudden. They may not know what to do with that much, but, you know, spread it out. Find some ministries that uh, you can really bless or bless some people with it. But then what are you going to do? What would you do with your billion and a half? I know you've thought about it. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Give me a call and let me know. Um, the odds of you winning, by the way, are terrible. So if you're thinking about going and doing that, uh, the odds are really bad. The odds are better. I read this, that you get hit by a meteor. And I thought, do people get hit by a meteor? Does that happen? It happens like somebody wins the lottery, right? There's people who win. So there's a handful of people who win the big prize every year. And that many people, there's more people who get hit by a meteor. Apparently that's true. I guess it's like meteorite, like you, uh, you know, big meteor coming out of the sky, you know, that makes a big crater. If you get hit by that, nobody's going to find you. But uh, I guess it's the little particles that come down that uh, you might get just smacked on the head with a uh, space rock at some point. You have a better chance of that happening to you than you do at winning the lottery, the billion and a half lottery. The government will take half of it. The government will take half of your winnings, but still, that's uh, you know what you're going to get seven or eight hundred million dollars uh, in cash afterward. What do you plan to do with that? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We'll get your calls here in just a second with that. I would want it to be a secret. In California, you can't keep it a secret, though. In California, you you have to publicize that you won. They're, they're going to publicize your name. And I think on a lot of them, they don't actually tell you. Like, like you, you don't pay attention, right? Like you might get away with it if it's a smaller prize. But on the billion-dollar one, people are going to know. People are going to – you can't hide it. That would be my, my goal would be to hide it if I had that. Because the other thing that happens is that it wrecks your life. You suddenly lose the friends that you have. You suddenly have more friends that you knew about. And uh, everyone's asking you for money. So what would you do? 888-528-2557. Renee in Huntington Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, thank you. It's, it's an honor to be on your show. <laughs> well, thank you, Renee. What would you do if you uh, suddenly had a billion and a half dollars? Well, I've I've thought about this exact thing um, a few times. And what always comes to my mind, because I'm always interested in what other people have done, and the first thing that comes to my mind, well, that would be great, but <laughs> the real joy would be in how many other people's lives could I change by gifting it 
Yeah, see, that's the right people. That's the right thing, right? Is that the when Jesus tells us that it's better to give than to receive, you find mm-hmm. out that if you can be a giver and you can impact yeah. uh, other people and stuff, that's the way to go. Uh, but I don't know that we would. We say we're going to do that, right? But uh, that's not what people do so often. Renee, thanks for calling the uh, Pastor Scott Show. Nolan in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Nolan? Yeah, hello. Go ahead, Nolan. Yeah. Hey, Pastor Scott, this is off topic. Um, I'm just glad to be speaking with you. I usually listen to you, like, every chance I get. I'm a delivery driver for Amazon, so I always have the radio playing. Ah, yeah, uh, off topic though. Um, I just wanted to uh, just say um, I'm leaving to Texas next month to like. Uh, I just got recruited to the Air Force, and I wanted to see if you were able to just pray for me. Yeah, I'll pray for you. So you, you're you're going to leave Amazon, go to the Air Force. Yes, correct. Good for you. Right. And uh, um, what are your what are your hopes and dreams for that? Uh, do something with my life. I'm 21 years old. Uh, been trying to get more into my religion. And, you know, I'm trying to read the Bible more, and I'm just always listening to KKLA, always listening to her show. Yeah. And when it comes to the Air Force, I just believe, uh, just trying to do something. I've always slacked, always done nothing, and, you know, I hope this leads me to, like, a path that I'm looking forward to. All right. Well, Nolan, I'll definitely pray for you, and, you know, I, I'll pray for that path. And, you know, what else, Nolan, is is whenever you—you're going to Texas first— uh, boot camp, yeah. At, at boot camp in Texas, and then do you know where you're going after that, or you don't know yet? No, I don't. This All is right. uh, one of my first times leaving home, so... Okay. Let me tell you something. I know a lot of military people. You know, find uh, a Christian fellowship, a church where other people in the Air Force go, and that's your first priority. You know, boot camp, they may not let you go, but whenever you get your orders, wherever you end up, find a really good church and where you can get that fellowship and support that you need. That is really huge. And jump right in and serve. Hand out bulletins, park cars, whatever it is that they'll let you do in your first day, you become a part of that. And uh, that'll help you a lot also to uh, to grow in your faith. Make sure it's a Bible-believing church, right, that they teach the Word of God, that they believe the Bible's true. All right, let me pray for you because I'm about out of time here. God, I thank you for Nolan and the leading that you have in his life. I pray that you would... Uh, protect him, that he would find the direction that you have for him through this period of time in the Air Force. And I pray that you would provide him with with Christian counsel, Christian friends, a good church, every place he ends up. I pray, Lord, that you would bless him and uh, keep him safe and strong in all that he does. In Jesus' name, amen. Nolan, I'm out of time, but thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, when we come back, there is uh, some a great story, I think, or an interesting story about defending yourself and uh, your opinions. We'll talk about that as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.